Welcome to episode 38 of the PharmExec podcast. I'm Kristen Harm, associate editor of PharmExec Magazine and our podcast host. PharmExec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. Today we have Christine Sekdalen, head of franchise strategy and customer solutions at Janssen Pharmaceutical. And Christine talks with Elaine and me about how patient centricity fuels innovation and then the difference between patient and customer centricity and some educational programs that need to be implemented for patients, providers, and payers. So we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back with Christine's interview. The latest issue of PharmExec is out now. Our August issue focuses on gene therapy. Articles include routes to exclusivity in cell-based therapy development, managing the clinical trial minefields in gene therapy, takeaways from the Zolgensma pricing storm, and mitigating the risks of high-stakes manufacturing, and much more. To view the August issue, visit pharmexec.com. Hey, podcasters. Today, Elaine Quilici, our senior editor, and I will be interviewing Christine Sekdalen, Head of Franchise Strategy and Customer Solutions at Janssen Pharmaceutical. Thanks for joining us, Christine. Thank you for having me. So you have a history of using innovation to advance the quality of patient care. Could you speak about how you use patient centricity and patient mapping to identify opportunities in current treatments and develop new models? How, do, how does patient centricity fuel innovation? So these are great questions, um, and I believe that innovation always has to start with bringing innovative therapies to market. I've been fortunate to work at companies that invest in these innovations to treat serious diseases and health issues. However, I truly believe that innovation shouldn't stop with medications. By truly understanding insights and developing strategies aligned to the patient unmet needs along their journey, you can identify pain points, gaps, and opportunities in order to compliantly map support services that meet holistic needs. For example, adherence among diabetes patients increased by 25% by understanding and addressing important life aspects, as well as providing services on lifestyle support, diet, and meal planning along with treatment. Patient centricity can also fuel innovation because it fuels purpose which then fuels passion, perseverance, and a pursuit to boundless energy to fight for innovative approaches, solutions, and services that help people live better lives. In leading teams, it's important to remind people that patient centricity is not just a phrase, but it actually is a mission that we can get to be and do if we truly want to impact the lives of people we serve and their families who love them and count on them. So while patient centricity is important, you go one step farther and see the need to focus on customer centricity. Could you describe the difference and expand on what is involved in customer centricity? Certainly. So while helping and caring for patients remain the center of our mission, we have to consider the entire ecosystem. Providers, pharmacies, payers, and even family members are also critical and influences the patient's decision-making process. So understanding their unmet needs 
providing the right level of support as well as serving as a bridge in the communication process will only benefit patient outcome at the end. How does a network of support services affect patient experience versus the traditional practice of maybe just getting a prescription filled? I've been able to witness and work on programs that have significantly improved adherence, um, up to 25% increase, like I mentioned before. I've also seen that by truly caring for patients and making it more than just a job, but a mission, support services can be more holistic, taking into account other lifestyle needs we can positively impact, which then creates a more positive experience overall. So how are safety and adherence enhanced by creating a partnership with patients and providers? For me, partnership with patients and providers and even advocacy groups, as well as thought leaders, is crucial because it's about getting to common goals and desired outcomes. As pharmaceutical manufacturers, we need to co-create and partner as much as we can because it not only means you care for and desire positive clinical outcomes, but you also have true respect for their needs. We shouldn't engage with our agenda alone because our communications and messaging will not be received well, nor will it yield positive business results and patient outcomes. So how does purpose-driven leadership fit into your overall process? What's the benefit of having people on your team develop a personal connection to the project? When I get the honor to build and lead teams and new capabilities in any organization I've been a part of, I always begin with sharing my personal why. It's very important to be vulnerable because it demonstrates compassion, and it also allows for teams to know my true motivation for being in this industry for this long. That, to me, is a definition of purpose-driven leadership. But that's only the beginning. Purpose-driven leadership also means you have to encourage team members to do the same. When a team aligns on a common vision and mission that each person can own, personalize, and find deeper meaning, then the team can be relentless together in their pursuit and obsession with customer centricity. Regardless of role or level in the organization, each person can play a significant role in delivering a mission. I once managed a customer care center, and one of the representatives put a mirror in front of her. And I actually asked her why, and she said, I want to always check myself smiling so the patients I'm talking to know and feel me smiling at them. This way, I can show them I care, even if I can't solve all their problems. And you can't ever buy or pay for that type of purpose-driven mission. And that, to me, is true customer centricity. That's very interesting. Thank you. Um, How do you approach new markets or new businesses? And how are those situations unique and how do you address them? You know, it's always tough to enter new markets where it seems like you're shaping fog. But I think it's important to look at benchmarks in other categories, even outside of healthcare. It's also important to bring in or build non-traditional experiences and capabilities. For example, in marketing, We don't typically look for operational experts or process-driven professionals who may have developed their careers in supply chain, as an example. But in these new and complex markets, it's critical that as we put more emphasis on customer experience, 
that we have people who know and understand process mapping, backend operations, et cetera, to ensure that commercial programs not only run smoothly, but deliver positive customer experiences. It's also important to only, not only understand, but also anticipate customer needs if possible. Listening intently to customer issues and understanding the why behind these issues will also allow for agility and speed to impact, which is a critical capability in new markets and business models that often don't have clear-cut solutions. Okay, what kind of ongoing education, I'm, I'm thinking about patients, providers, and payers, needs to be implemented to make programs like this work? I, I really believe that relevant ongoing education that is aligned to customer needs and marketplace gaps would be the most beneficial, especially in new markets where there is a high unmet clinical need and lack of education for new treatment paradigms. For example, for patients, it's important to not only address how we can help improve their adherence, but perhaps when compliant and when it's possible, we're able to help them support their lifestyle choices, help them with um, other things that matter to them to help them cope with their disease. I think it's important to understand their whole life situation and not just their disease so that you can provide that ongoing education and the wraparound services that can help them uh, live better lives. Similarly for providers, a lot of our providers right now not only function as physicians and healthcare providers, they now have to run businesses. They have to think like business people. And again, where we can compliantly educate on how to help them do that and have empathy in terms of the changing dynamics in the marketplace, I really believe that level of education and that level of relevance is what's going to make these programs more effective and really would resonate more with our customers. Looking toward the future, do you think this more holistic approach to treatment and engaging customers will expand? And what do you think the benefits of this type of delivery are? You know, I sure hope so, and I do believe it's the right thing to do for patients and customers. You know, medication treatment is only one aspect of health and wellness. It's only one aspect of delivering positive clinical outcomes. You know, healthcare is so fragmented, and there are misaligned goals and incentives all across stakeholders. So I certainly hope that those in the ecosystem of delivering healthcare can come together and find a multi-sector approach that benefits the patients in the end. We ourselves are all patients and our family members are patients. So why wouldn't we want a more holistic approach and deliver healthcare in a more integrated way? Okay, thanks so much for joining us today, Christine. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the time that we've spent here. And now it's time for this week's Leadership Tips from Pharma Execs. Hi, I'm Christine Sackdallen, Head of Franchise Strategy and Customer Solutions at Janssen Pharmaceuticals. And my leadership tips are, number one, to be authentic and vulnerable. To be most effective as a leader, I truly believe that I have to bring my whole self in every time. It's not easy because we have been conditioned not to 
but I encourage other leaders to have the courage to do so. This models vulnerability, demonstrates appreciation of true diversity and inclusion, and encourages others to do the same. Team members are most effective and passionate when they feel comfortable bringing their whole self into work every single time. And this starts with me as their leader. Number two is to groom talent with an eye towards outpacing even your own advancement. I believe that effective leaders develop high potential talent, not just as possible successors, but also future leaders we can end up working for someday in the future. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's PharmExec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the PharmExec staff is working on. Remember that you can always find us on the web at PharmExec.com, on Twitter at PharmExec, on Instagram at PharmExecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of PharmExec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email Editorial Director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mmhgroup.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mmhgroup.com.